what if it was a grade? And your kid walks in and they have an F. They hand you a piece of paper and it's 51%. And you say, you're an idiot. What's the matter with you? Or you say, bust. I bet that didn't feel very good. What is the kid here in both of those? Folks, welcome to Counselors Can Help. Let's demystify the process of counseling. We want to remove barriers, answer your questions, educate, entertain, and inspire you to action. Folks, I'm Merrill Fink. I'm an associate clinical mental health counselor in the state of Utah. Today on Counselors Can Help is our best show yet, I believe. We start out with family therapy with Liza. We're going to have some insight on that. Get into some trauma and uh, how that looks at trauma therapy and talk some perfectionism and, by the way, some personal stories at the end. So let's get started. All right. Well, we are back with the show Counselors Can Help, and I'm here with um, hopefully basking in the glow of Liza Telford to make me even more brilliant and give her hopefully getting some of her brilliance. Uh, in the middle of this and walk out a little bit smarter. Maybe we can all walk out a little bit smarter. So we're, we're hoping to, the Just magic of the show will do that to everyone. Touch smarter. <laughs> Including ourselves. Yeah. That's a lot of pressure, Meryl. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm that's totally what up. About. That's I'm what up about. for the task. Uh, the okay. Task. So we, I guess this show is a back a little bit in your home turf about family stuff. You are a marriage and family therapist. Is that true? I, this, that is accurate. I'm <laughs> nodding my head. No one can see that. <laughs> That's so yes, sad. This is true. Yes, she is. And that so, is true. Um, but what today's show is going to be about, we'll start off with family or however you want to define that. Um, but specifically, these are issues I think we're getting into. Why do people, what are the sort of common issues people come in for and what does that look like in therapy? You know, kind of like draw a picture of how, how this is done, how it can help. Um, is it really as scary as it seems, I guess, when you're mm-hmm. thinking about coming in for mm-hmm. these things? Um, which is, again, we're talking about trying to convince or help people to see that it's not going to be torture. Right. We're Just like when you and I spoke about couples several weeks ago, I think usually one of the parents, when you're speaking of having a family come in mm-hmm. for therapy, there is this idea that I will be blamed or I don't really want to know someone else's opinion of the way I run <laughs> right. our family. Or they're going to judge us on mm-hmm. how we've ruined our children. Mm-hmm. And that it's just, that's a huge roadblock for people in a family therapy yeah. sense. They want to bring in a child. And the the most normal thing I see is someone to bring in with a somewhat of a fix them, please. Sure. Yeah, and so the first the first discussion item here is sort of family issues, I guess, and what are the red flags or what are some typical kind of scenarios where people decide, hmm, I got to bring in our son or daughter or whatever it is, where something going on in the house. What are some, I guess, things that bring people in? Right. Okay. I that's a great question because I think there's a huge spectrum, right down from. I would say, as with many therapies, individual, family, couples, mm-hmm. our life is not functioning well. So that's, or crisis mode. And then there's this whole spectrum all the way down to, I seem to be giving this child answers that are not working for them. And, or they won't talk to me at all. And I would like to give them an opportunity to speak with somebody. As we all know, we can have a lot of things for our children. Um, information, great insight, and they may not want to hear it from us. Yeah. And so there's this huge spectrum of why someone might bring a child in or a family in anywhere from this is completely disrupting our lives, shattering our lives by one person's behavior or the combination of behaviors all the way down to, uh, I just don't know what to say to yeah. this person. Or the child doesn't seem to be happy or mm-hmm performing at all uh, mm-hmm. there's we we don't know what the problem is here we're, sure we're, we're out of it we're out of answers. out of ideas or we're yeah we're not at crisis i think a lot of times people think of cur- of therapy needing to be this crisis moment right and a lot of the work we do on the daily is um thinking through problem solving mm-hmm. or just flushing it out with somebody that's not in your system 
Yeah. We call the family, as a family therapist, everything's a system. Think solar system. Think of the mobile um, above your baby's crib, that there's this system at play. It's all together. Mm -hmm. And that the more we have an understanding of it, it's not any one person in that system's fault, or it's not any one person's only their problem. This is a system at play. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to drop my child off for you to fix them. <laughs> am I, no, am I correct so in my assumption? No, so you met my last client. <laughs> <laughs> what, is, what is wrong with my thinking here? It sounds perfectly logical to me. Mm-hmm. It's so, that happens a lot. And I, I actually was just talking with my husband about this, about um, initially I would, I would take a new client in that, that is saying that very thing and work with the child for mm-hmm. quite a, and then maybe invite the parents in. And now I do the opposite and I invite the parents in first and an opportunity. I, I give them as many opportunities to brag about, talk through what is this kid getting right? Like what is going well in this? So you want them all in the room for this to hear it. Part. Yes. To hear that at the end of the day, this person is putting an exponential amount of thought into you turning out successful, whatever that looks like. We, that's what your parents want. And anyway, that's a totally different podcast, Okay, but I like, it. I like to go at it from a family angle of this is not a that kid's problem or we're at like, why, why does it matter that they are doing well in any aspect of their lives? And it usually ends up reflecting to the kid that they're loved, that their parents want good things for them instead of it being, well, it sure looks like a lot of yelling at me. That's what your love looks like to me is right. me not getting it right or the grades and or whatever. Yeah, this is just another way of being told I'm defective. Correct. Not living up, not meeting the standard of the household. Right. Absolutely. Got to bring so a stranger. So I will bring it first. Bring the family system in first and try to work through it. That way a purist family therapist would only do therapy with all the members in the room in the system. And I tend to, you know, do some sessions with the individual, bring in the parents maybe an integrate integrated approach. Yeah. And that may be more frightening for the parents initially that what mm-hmm. you just described potentially. I mean, maybe potentially. not. Potentially. Potentially, I really hope in that session to help them feel like we all wish we'd had some sort of parenting guidance before we had Oh, children. I had all the answers. <laughs> oh, you did? Oh man, oh, I totally, totally I'm, missed that. And I'm memo. all written down in a book. <laughs> Right. I remember, as you probably do, I will often ask them about the day this particular child was born. And I think of the day my son, my first child was born. And I remember looking over my shoulder at the hospital, like, are you going to let me walk out of here (laughs) with him? Right. Like, I, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. And I think that having that relatability with parents Mm-hmm. And it just continues as each kid goes through a stage or stages and some are easy to raise and some are hard and some are easy yeah. parents to be flexible and some are not. And to just start to kind of give each other a freaking break is what I call it. <laughs> or just, I guess, maybe understanding that this child is going through something I never had to go through, or this is a different set of circumstances that Unique. I was raised or whatever, and I don't really understand their perspective at all. And it's certainly not going well or, you know, whatever it is. We need, we need some help. We need some help. As you can see, I get a little bit passionate about this <laughs> yeah, topic yeah. because I think there is so much that can be done from a family systems perspective for people that not only does this behavior have potential to change or whatever is mm-hmm. frustrating you that you want fixed, quote unquote, about your child, you learn things about yourself and you learn to give yourself a break as a parent and you learn to give this kid a break and you learn to give your system a break. Yeah. Okay. So. That's uh, what therapy can do. Yeah. For so for parents, I guess um, listening in and wondering, you know, what's in it for me? How do we. We're, we're considering coming in, um, their fear of you're going to sort of tear the whole place down is, is not, that's not what you're going for initially. Right. And you're trying no. to agree on what's going well. Let's, what's let's going all, well, what's going well. And we, 
we often find that what's going well outweighs what's not going well, but what's not going well is taking up way more airspace in a home than, and getting to the bottom of that can, can be incredibly relieving for a family, but that's the therapist's job to, to help you feel comfortable, to be able to get there, to look into that. That's not, that's not your job as the parent to walk in and at least coming from your website perspective, I think the biggest hang up is that fear that I'm going to be told I'm doing it wrong. I'm going to be, um, this is going to be my fault. And there will be some responsibility taking for a lot of things, hopefully from everyone. Yeah. That's definitely a piece. But like any therapy, I guess when you can show them one or two things and they work, they go home and all of a sudden it's changed. It's Mm -hmm. different. It's better. Mm -hmm. There's like a rush of oxygen into this process mm-hmm. potentially in that moment of oh mm-hmm. we can that can happen in one session yeah and i've seen it several times of a really simple concept of am i being reactive or responsive to whatever i do an exercise to kind of teach that concept and am i reacting to my child or am i responding to my child and suddenly they're like well i'm reacting all the time because things are constantly you know, he's doing this or I'm constantly needing to react and what it would look like. Did, did the things, did the, I put it from a grade perspective of by you reacting to it, did the F still happen? What's the answer? Yes. Yes. The F still happened, even though I reacted, it didn't change because I was reactive or responsive to the kid. The accident, the, the, whether it's a car accident or a bad grade or hitting their sibling or not being home when they said, what does that do if I react versus respond? Like something simple, that can be 10 minutes to explain and a family's like, we, we react to everything. And Isn't that what we're supposed to do? Doesn't, yeah. Well. That's where I was shown. Yeah. Or I do that at work every day. There's a problem. I see it. I react. I fix it. And then we try to do that in a family system. And it's like, why is that not working? <laughs> so what would be, I guess, just walk through real quick, a simple, like, what, what's a react versus respond, I think, as you, mm-hmm. as you said. Like, mm-hmm. what would be like a... Um, like a simple thing in the house where you could say, hey, that's a reaction versus that's a response. Okay, so I put it in the context of your 16-year-old wrecks the car. Now, the car's already wrecked, right? Does the way I react or respond to something take the liability from that teenager for having to call the insurance company? No. 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 Does it... Uh, mean the person I hit does not, maybe they're hurt. No. Could be. They, they could be hurt, but it doesn't change sure. by whether or not Absolutely. I react or respond. So the only thing affected by my reaction or response is how that person in the driver's seat feels about it. They already feel terrible. So I can either say to you, react. What the hell are you doing? Or wow, are you okay? That must have really scared you. What if it was a grade? So that's an accident. What if it was a grade? And your kid walks in and they have an F. They hand you a piece of paper and it's 51%. (laughs) And you say, you're an idiot. What's the matter with you? Or you say, bust. I bet that didn't feel very good. What is the kid here in both of those? One is it's sort of an attack, I guess. The other is uh, trying to see it from your mm-hmm. perspective. I honestly, I think this is the some of the hardest things that we do as humans because it's easy to stay, I guess, calm or if that's even the right word, when things are happening with people, you're sort of disconnected from whatever. But it seems like family can just. Trigger. Bring out the awful person. <laughs> it absolutely <laughs> does. Just, it, just that simple look, the way they looked at you. You yep. know, it's like, I know what that look means. And it just turns into a yep. rage or, you know, whatever it is. And it's just so 
triggering with each other. And I guess it's, to your point, it's we've got to try to figure out a way to stem that back mm -hmm. somehow. To stem that back and to take on really hard things with our kids, whether they came in high, they aren't getting the grades they want, they're not going to school at all, they're um, sexually active. There's any number of things that us reacting to them does not change their behavior necessarily. They may hide it. They may do any number of things, mm -hmm. but it changes the way they feel about their ability to come to us. How much um, percentage here, don't know, of these reactions are parents thinking that the child's behavior is a reflection on them? 100%. <laughs> I feel okay. like I need to right. use my big business deep voice. <laughs> dun, 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 100%. 100%. <laughs> I don't know. I definitely, I'm sure we could have a study. Yeah. But I mean, it's um, a large, I mean, would you say that's a thing though, yes. right? I mean, there, yes. there are parents who are reacting probably because it's an attack on them. And what does this mean? If you're capable of this behavior, what does this say about me? What does it say about you? What does it say about us? A lot of judging mm -hmm. happening very quickly. Mm -hmm. okay. And I, I, that kind of got us off topic, but I think people come in or consider counseling wanting someone to be fixed, especially right. from a family perspective. If this person would just stop doing that, but why are they doing that? That's why I love family therapy is to bring the whole clan in and be, what's your relationship personally, every person in that room to this behavior, mm -hmm. whether it's the father's alcoholism, whether it's the mother's helicopter parenting, whether it's the child's use, substance use, what's our relationship to that thing, that behavior? You and can learn a lot in that. And, I, and I, I guess it would be fair to say that we've talked before in other situations, the willingness, the openness, I guess, of the family to just give it a shot yes. kind of thing. It's like, yes, some of this stuff may sound a little foreign or weird or just promise I'm not going to push you too far, but go home and give this a shot and yeah. you'll, you'll be amazed perhaps you'll if be you amazed. just give it a whirl. Mm -hmm. I think that happens. That to me is my job is giving you a safe enough space to recognize that it's not any one person's anything in a family session yeah everyone's contributing to this and we're going to leave here with some kind of a plan mm -hmm. to to try to affect some sort of change that we hopefully we all want sure that's, that's the outcome we're looking for sure and what's so great about a family session is very often the person who came in as the problem starts to breathe a little bit of like, there's other things contributing to this. I had no idea. I just thought I was a screw up or they think I'm a screw up. Right. Or why they already think this about me. So to have somebody be able to align with them a little bit and give them some space to figure out that there's some things contributing to a behavior can be incredibly empowering. And, and in that, I guess you're calling a family therapy that doesn't necessarily have to have all the people in the room every session, would you say? I mean, there may be times when you talk to one person individually. Right, or, right. Or just, hey, what's your perspective here? Right. So, yeah. And an MFT purist would probably, uh, man, my professors are like <laughs> in my ear right now. Everyone in the room, every time, which is unrealistic with schedules, sure. family, um, and some would argue, then you clearly don't want to change yeah. <laughs> unless you're having everyone. I take it from the perspective of you can learn a lot in an individual session as well. You can dive deeper in some areas and, but I try to bring the family in Okay. if it's a system related issue, which happens a lot. Sure. There's flexibility there. Sure. And obviously with insurance and the way that gets Build, there is an identified patient, which can be, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother show, Meryl. Right. <laughs> but there is, we made an appointment for someone 
to get some insight, to gain some help. But I find that there's a better alliance when they see this as a systemic issue. Yeah. We're all in it together. Kind yeah. Of thing. Okay. Sure. Well, what would you, I guess, what's any last parting words on that as far as what you would like folks to know that are considering family therapy or maybe they don't even consider it family therapy yet. They're thinking about, oh, again, the identified patient mm-hmm. needs to get fixed. Um, anything else you would say to, I guess, encourage them to give it a shot? Hopefully just the insight that a change and some insight for one is, you know, if you could be open to the idea that it's change for all, just to be open of what you're asking your child to do, if you are set on getting them in um, and that they need to be fixed, just having a little flexibility and that, that, that you can help in that change by being willing to come in with them, by if you're hesitant, I mean, what do you have to lose to yeah. try? Yeah. The, there's a, a, I guess a great outcome that can happen, but we're, we're not sure what that would look like, but there's in the end, I think everybody's glad they came. Right. Probably. That would be the goal. <laughs> that would be definitely right. the goal. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And, and, um, you've done, you've done this enough to go, okay, I, I see what's going on here. I, mm-hmm. this is going to take more than a few sessions, but you, you, you probably nef- never left one of those sessions hopeless or thinking, oh, this is, I've never seen this problem ever. This is I really totally haven't. Unique. No, if anything, hope-filled of even just simple insights like reaction versus response can really adjust the way we think about something in a short amount of time, that it is not a hopeless situation or uh, even just a, yeah, I, I, we get to the heart of what are these unknown and known rules in families fairly quickly in session just by being in the same room together who sits by each other we may play a game who's the cheater (laughs) who's going to be the one that's telling everybody how to play the game you can kind of you just sit back and it's family sessions are fun okay yeah interesting all right yeah so it's only good can come of it i guess there's there's no point in feeling like, oh, I'm going to be blamed or whatever. Um, that's not the intent. That's not the even the formula for success, really. Right. right? Definitely it, not the intent, for sure. And, of course, I can't guarantee that no one is going to leave feeling, you know, well, I didn't like that very much. It might be that very pushing mm-hmm. of stepping, I call it stepping on toes a little bit, that we all got to get a little uncomfortable to change, but instead of it being directed at one can be, we, we all can contribute to this and it isn't any one person's problem. Yeah. And the, and the, the outcome, I guess, could be better than we imagined mm-hmm. possible potentially, mm-hmm. but how it affects the unit, I guess is the family unit. Folks, we're taking a break from the show. I'd like to remind you to go to counselorscanhelp.com. First of all, to help find a counselor, that's really the heart of the show Second, if you're very interested in the podcast, little secret, more shows are on the website than are on Spotify or iTunes. Uh, Every show that's ready to go out gets put on the website first and eventually makes its way to the uh, podcast download sites. Just a little secret there. So uh, great bit of info. Um, Next, we are going to start the second part of the show. And this is, I think, where it gets really entertaining we get into some stuff, talk about ourselves, and uh, in this case, there's just a little example of Liza and I discussing the many flaws that I have and how I'm working through them. Are you telling uh, me you're using your own intervention? <laughs> I'm trying really hard. I'm uh, impressed. And and very this... few of us are this self-reflective, by the way. <laughs> well, yeah, I feel like that uh, needs to be okay. said. All right, it's pretty maybe impressive. I, maybe I just have more flaws, I guess. And <laughs> <laughs> there's more meat to work with there. Great discussion on the family stuff. The the next uh, items of the show here are one I know is a big one that people. I guess are afraid to or wonder if therapy can help, and that's trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, and trauma being something frightening generally has happened in a person's life. It could be abuse, it could be an accident, it could be um, uh, crime, 
committed, uh, all sorts of things can happen. And the question is, do I need to deal with this? I guess is the first question. What's the, what's the flag or what's the warning sign that I probably should have this addressed some way? Um, I guess I'll give you my thoughts on that. I would love to hear. Chime in on uh, what you think there, but I guess to me, if if something like that has happened to you and you find out and you find, oh, I think about it occasionally, and I I definitely when I think about it, it it really makes me scared, ill, nauseous, you know, whatever it is. But I don't think about it really that much. I don't try to avoid it, and it just sort of comes in and out of my life. Yeah, you're probably you're probably okay. Um, but if you find yourself thinking, wow, this happens a lot. I think about it a lot. I have nightmares about it. I have dreams about it. Um, I wonder if it's going to happen again. Mm -hmm. I spend a lot of my time preparing for it to happen again in some form or fashion. That's a, to me, that's a screaming indicator that you, you want to address this. You want to address some, do some trauma work. Yeah. And it may and it may not be that that's the the first thing that people come in for. I mean, I don't know that I've had that many people come in and say I'm here for trauma work. Yeah, that would be it. And I <laughs> I don't know that I have. Yeah, it gets discovered along the way. Yeah. I've had it a, a couple instances. They'll mm-hmm. they'll it'll be sort of part of the story. Mm-hmm. A but sexual assault bounds to mind a yeah. couple different instances where this has happened, and now we're doing I'm doing counseling. And, and it may be that something, something traumatic did happen very recently, and mm-hmm. that, that would be a case of where, okay, the trauma gets brought up pretty quickly as mm-hmm. the thing. Right. Um, and so I can definitely think of a couple of stories on that. And so um, it may be that way. It may be a way that is just, like you said, I'm experiencing all these other things. And oh, by the way, I've got this other story that I haven't told you, and, mm-hmm. and it's, it's impactful. So... I guess as a therapist, that's how I perceive or, or wonder or decide is this worth diving into is kind of those those things I just mentioned is how is it impacting you? And what? Yeah, and I think it's important to note that uh, sometimes people don't name those incidences as trauma. They're telling me their story or other things happening in their world that are making them anxious. And when we can backtrack a little bit mm-hmm. of where that started, there's a really traumatic something or other incident that occurred that they have not connected the dots that, oh, that feeling comes up every time. The one that bounds to mind is working with somebody that was in an accident from having a, but didn't come in for the accident, but every um, a person made a U-turn and so every time she made a U-turn, she would just be driving, not really connecting it with this accident that was years earlier, but that she would get anxious um, sometimes when she was driving. And not. And then I asked about, did was there an accident or anything? Oh, well, that was years ago. That wasn't this. I just, I feel like I never know what people are doing on the road. And she wasn't labeling that as trauma. No one was injured. It was just kind of a fender bender, but it had, it was an incident that created this connector every time she drove. Yeah. And that's what I didn't even think about even discussing this as part of this discussion, but, um, I guess the link, what you, what you just said is generally the link. It's not necessarily that this situation is exactly like that situation was, the traumatic situation made them feel a certain way. And whenever they feel that thing again or something somewhat similar, they're kind of brought back to it that, yeah, that which place. Is and sometimes not even knowing it. Right. Which is essentially what PTSD is, right? Is something in the present is triggering in me a sensation I have felt before. Yeah. And this f- sensation is now bad, scary, uh, whatever you've unsafe, you put a label on it. And so this thing that I'm doing now must also be bad, scary, uh, you know, like mm-hmm. the person just pulling a U-turn. I'm mm-hmm. having this feeling where this mm-hmm. thing is now dangerous to me. Whereas, you know, if you step back logically, you would say, no, you're just doing a U-turn. There's mm-hmm. no real risk. There's here. no one around you. <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. Why are you reacting this way? Right. But you're reacting with physical things happening to something you have felt before. Yeah. 
and 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 usually trying to make some kind of a make up for it in some way. You're trying mm-hmm. to accommodate this this feeling with, well, I get mad or I try to make it go away or you know, there's lots of I guess lots of reactions to it. I think it's kind of I guess seems common sense that you would want to address this stuff, but here's the big problem: people generally don't want to because they think it's going to be torture. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. this trauma therapy is just mm-hmm. going to be the worst. Mm-hmm. Because trauma is a big word. It it feels like an episode of ER or that there's just gushing yeah. blood and we've got to cauterize right. the wound or that there's <laughs> yeah. going to be this. Um, I think... I, I don't know. How would you describe that? I feel like that's why what comes up for people when they think of, oh, I don't want to go, I don't want to open that door. Yeah. Well, and there's, there's exposure therapies, uh, prolonged exposure comes to mind. It's a technical term, but it's the sort of the idea that you can do this in therapy. You can sort of relive that day over and over and over again, or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a technique. It's not one I believe in. Right. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, are, what, are we promoting that? Yeah. No, I, no. I, I I don't see it. There's been actually studies done in the VA regarding this. And, and I think what they've concluded, I guess in so many ways is it can be effective, but I think the, the detractors would say, yeah, but that's really scary. A lot of work and a lot of people give up halfway through hmm. because they just can't. I'm take, not as familiar with they, that They one. can't take the torture mm-hmm. of just having to come back and, and relive that kind of thing. And so um, that's certainly a way to do it. And I think what people envision in their head is what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to go back and redo that thing, uh, again and again and explain and this and that and whatever. And, and what I would, uh, I guess would tell people is it doesn't have to be that way. That doesn't have to be how we address it. There's no. lots of ways. Uh, we've talked before about EMDR, which is, a uh, probably the most, roundabout way i guess you could describe um therapy but there are other ways there's a thing that i do quite often uh it's called memory reconsolidation and um it's a way to and usually i can do it in one session of addressing something that's happened with a person and giving them a new way to think about it is ultimately what you what what the goal is and it's not a super intrusive way of doing it and in fact most of the time is spent on how do i want to remember that or how would i adapt my thinking going forward or what am I not considering here? That is a way that I can use this memory or use this experience, um, in in my benefit going forward. Mm -hmm. Or how do I want to remember that loved one that I lost or whatever? What's the story I'd like to bring with that memory Mm -hmm. instead of the one I'm currently in, which is horrible. Mm -hmm. Um, and I can't seem to escape it. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's, there's lots of ways to do that. And I think can be very freeing, Mm -hmm. uh, very helpful and, quite unexpected, I think. Mm-hmm. And in, in, in many people, I believe, would like to get that benefit. They just feel like, I'm not sure I could do the work. That It seems too frightening. It seems too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you work really hard at keeping memories tidy that are painful. Mm-hmm. Let's yeah. not do that again. I think at the end of the day, humans are preservationists. Like, let's survive. Let's yeah. not go back there. Yeah. I don't want to relive that. That was horrible. And the flaw in that logic is you are reliving you it. You are reliving it and it's affecting your daily life. You're you're trying to forget it, but every time you try to forget it, you're remembering it. Mm-hmm. That could happen multiple times in a day. Mm-hmm. It could happen multiple times in an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're we're working to break that cycle, I guess is the ultimate goal of of, of trauma therapy. So um, that's the the goal and we're not going to as therapists overwhelm you that generally I don't think leads to a great outcome. No. Uh, what, what, what's the point of that? Uh, we're not trying to make a new trauma in the, in the therapy room. We're trying to figure out a way and there are numerous ways to address it that are palatable and, mm-hmm. and, um, you can do it. Um, mm-hmm. we're, we're going to be careful that we don't overwhelm you. Right. I mean, right. We're, we're not gonna, we're not gonna send you to places that you can't be in the moment because that, that doesn't help. Ultimately that just creates new trauma essentially. Yeah. Right. So, um, that's a, a way to think about it. And hopefully you would, and if you were worried about that as a client, you would address that with the person you're with and say, Hey, I'm worried about this. It's going to be too much for me. Mm-hmm. And they, we should be able to walk you through 
the precautions, I guess, that were take to, mm-hmm. to not do that to you. So, mm-hmm. um, okay. Um, <clears throat> uh, my next one is, um, is sort of a quest that I've been on recently and that is of perfectionism. No, uh, <laughs> um, no one I, in here struggles with that. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and I don't think I've never, and this is a, again, another thing. I don't think anyone's ever come into my office and said, I struggle with perfectionism. They've you, never said that. Can you do that? Mm. Yes. Just not in like the last 20 minutes. Is, is uh, that what you mean? Well, I mean, eventually it comes out, but it's oh, usually but not, the, not the first. It's not the, I you thought know. you were saying ever. I'm like, oh, Meryl, <laughs> no. we're not going to lie yeah, to yeah, yeah, your yeah. listeners. No, no. It's, I think it, I think it's a big deal. In fact, mm-hmm. I think it's mm-hmm. way more common than we give, give it credit for. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I've just recently kind of had an aha moment, I guess. And I'm, I'm sort of hot on the trail of, <laughs> of I can't wait to hear it. Um, I'm on the edge of my chair here. Um, but how it impacts people. So uh, a scenario is something like this. Um, a person probably due to trauma, whatever, um, has decided that they need to do things in a certain way, a perfect way, let's call it, um, because that avoids trauma or avoids them feeling bad or whatever. So they've kind of developed a habit of needing to do things you know, the best they can all the time, which I don't find is, I don't think that's the, the problem at all with perfectionism and saying, well, I really want to do things really well because the people that are trying to break themselves of that, I think they find that a phony thought to say, well, I'm going to just learn to do things in a sloppy, you know, right. <laughs> slipshod manner, you know, no. that's probably not going to happen. No. Um, so I don't believe that's actually the problem. The problem is perfectionism keeps you from trying anything new. Say um, more. What's that? Say more. <laughs> um, meaning you find the person, I'll ask simple questions like, if you could change some stuff about your life tomorrow and let's try some new things. And this is generally what I do with the, with these people is I'll say, let's just, just do some new things. Let's, how about you drive a different way to work tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Let's talk about what that would look like. And the reaction with these people is generally, this discussion is making me anxious. Mm-hmm. Just discussing driving Doing to work something a different, different way, to do it a different way, to just break mm-hmm. up the routine. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and I'm not so worried about your daily routine, about how you get to work or, you know, drive, uh, that, that's not interesting to me, but what it, what I am interested in is the bigger things, which, which these folks tend to admit to is like, I don't do anything new. When we go out to eat, we go to the same place. Mm-hmm. When I'm at home, I do the same things. When I, I avoid the same stuff. I don't try anything new. Um, I stopped singing when I was 19 because I didn't think I was the best Mm -hmm. or I mean there's lots of like reasons how perfectionism I think killed a lot of adventure a lot of freedom and is just getting worse uh, with trying to keep a lid on everything Mm. Uh, again I don't think this is an idea that people come in with and say can you help me with this sameness that I'm living in but I think in a lot of cases, especially with anxiety or trauma or mm-hmm. whatever, sometimes they're sort of one and they're, they're go along. Um, but the perfectionist idea is that I need to control it. I need to do things the same. I will not try anything new because I can't be the best at that. Because I can't get it just right. Yes. And so therefore I'm living the same day over and over again. Hmm. Yeah. That, that feels bordering on, OCD or an o- obsessive kind of. type feeling. I mean, mm-hmm. I, th- I think there's a lot of overlap in a lot of these mm-hmm. kinds of oh, things. Oh, for sure. When I work, when I think of people coming in about, perf- or not even coming in, but it getting to that they have perfectionism or they have perfectionistic tendencies, I find they have a, a really hard time forgiving self or giving themselves a break to do something different. So that's an interesting insight you bring in. Not that it has to look this way every day, but I am always falling short of my own expectation of like getting life just right. That's right. And what are we measuring? I don't know. And that cop stops them from having friends over Mm -hmm. at the house Mm because the house doesn't look 
enough or mm-hmm. I could never try for that promotion or that new job or whatever because I'm really good at what I do now. Mm-hmm. I mean, to try something new, to try would, be, something new. would be unthinkable, mm-hmm. you know, or I'll, I'll have to study for years and years to get good enough or, you know, what, what have you. And, but I think this idea generally comes in people who are dealing with emotional things. And like I said, anxiety, maybe the top of that list, but maybe not doesn't own it specifically, but I kind of find, I start asking people about perfectionism when I'm dealing with those issues mm-hmm. early on. And I've found that there's actually a pretty high correlation of, of, of that. And so my, my prescription, if you will, mm-hmm. is to start with, let's just start doing some things differently. And the seeing smallest, that the sky does not fall. <laughs> the smallest, simplest things let's just start like and like i said that the can you drive a different way to work i mean it's kind of a absurd example mm-hmm. i but, like that but i mean that does and the point is to force you with the the decision of okay this way is going to make me feel comfortable if i turn left at the light instead that's going to make me i don't you know that's not what i do mm-hmm. uh, and you have to you have to address that you have to deal with that mm-hmm. uh moment mm-hmm. And go, okay, to make change, I'm going to have to deal with this feeling of, in that moment, I have to decide to do the thing that's not comfortable. That's not comfortable. You're, you are exercising range, exercising flexibility in thought. Yeah. Yeah. And so patterns. Yeah. And so, like I said, I don't think people think of perfectionism as a, like a high, uh, therapy item, I guess that people come Mm -hmm. in for. It certainly does come up. Um, but I think it's way more rampant, I guess, than we give it, mm-hmm. than we give it credit for. And mm-hmm. there's lots of ways to break it, I guess, mm-hmm. is the good, the good news here. Um, it doesn't, we're not saying you shouldn't do things well. We're just trying to explore how is it limiting you. Um, how is or, it limiting you? I like that. And there's ways to break that. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be, well, I have to learn to speak French fluently, you know, in a week. In <laughs> a week. <laughs> it's okay. That's rough. Okay, so uh, very quickly, the last uh, thing I'd like to just discuss is is to, I guess, give us shed a little light into what we work on specifically. And so, I know we're getting close to time here. Um, I'll I'll start out you with something that is, has hit me um, recently, and it's this idea of perfectionism. Um, you don't say that's how it landed. <laughs> that's how it landed on the docket. Um, well, it's it, this and a, and a few other things. A, spe- a client specifically that opened my eyes to this, but. But for me specifically, it was, I'm flying home recently from work on my airline job and I'm sitting in the back doing whatever I do. And I'm starting to get a huge amount of a wave of kind of stress, mm. anxiety. Um, and I'm starting to go, man, I haven't felt this in a long time. I mean, this amount. And so uh, I started to think, well, what, what's causing this? You know, uh, sort of first reaction. What can I get rid of in my life to get rid of this stress? geez, I'm working on this podcast program. I'm working now three jobs, basically. I need to cut this out. I mean, this is too much. Mm-hmm. Um, and But then I was able to kind of put the brakes on that and, and, and say, well, wait a minute. What, if someone came in to talk to me about this, what would I be you know, telling them? So um, I found myself going, okay, it's okay that I'm anxious, I'm stressed, I'm trying something new. Are you telling uh, me you're using your own intervention? <laughs> I'm trying really hard. I'm uh, impressed. And and very and this, few of us are this self-reflective, by the way. <laughs> well, yeah, I feel like that uh, needs to be okay. said. All right, it's pretty maybe impressive. I, maybe I just have more flaws, I guess. <laughs> and there's more meat to work with there. Um, but I found myself going, yeah, you know what? This podcast could actually suck. Um. And some who've listened to it maybe for a few episodes, you know, would say, oh, yes, you know, mm-hmm. I agree or whatever. But I, I found that I guess what I'm working on for myself is to say this may not be the best. I'm going to give it the best shot I can. I'm very devoted to it. But if it's not the best, I'm okay with that. I if it's, am okay. If it's reaching out to some people and helping some people, that's a good thing. Am I going to let perfectionism kill this project because it's not good enough? Uh, wow, that's a hard, um, I guess, reality, I guess, that I was faced with my, my own situation. And I guess what I came up with was, I'm not going to let it. How did you get there? Uh, I don't know. Stubbornism. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I just, I guess I just was 
left with that choice, you know, to make. I'm like, I've either got to kill this project now or I'm just going to be okay with the fact that it's not going to be perfect or mm-hmm. someone will criticize it. Or that it will or, be subject to criticism. Criticize mm-hmm. my motives or God only knows, mm-hmm. you know, the number of ways you open yourself up to this kind of stuff mm-hmm. uh, when you do a project like this. So um, I guess to me that's how I'm battling um I don't know that I've ever had a problem with perfectionism in that classic way as I've just described it, but it definitely seemed to land that day for me as I think this is what's going to kill this project if I don't reel it back. Mm -hmm. So that's awesome. Um, anyway, that's my, a story in my own personal personal life. I was trying to think of something right here and now, and I often think of, um, working towards publishing of, I enjoy writing and I am listening to you going, I'm doing that right now. I'm absolutely holding myself back going, well, I'm not quite sure which angle to do it. Am I really good enough, smart enough? Am I? (laughs) So I won't. And I'm thinking through that thinking I am, I can do that. I've done hard things before that have really challenged me and I can do that. And what's getting in my way is that I'm not sure it will be received well or just hangups about it's not going to be perfect. And I actually have not thought about it in that context until just now. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. Yeah. This, I'm having the, insight right here on the podcast. Yeah. Um, what, are you saying that the idea that perfectionism is killing this potentially good thing or what mm-hmm. you said hadn't potentially, thought about it or I've written a bunch of things and just haven't submitted um of oh it's not quite done yet I'm not quite ready it's not and when at what point is that ready yeah is and I believe now that as I'm having this conversation <laughs> I'm like it's never ready it's just it's ready enough it's great it's time to try something new yeah. hit send and that Holding the finger over the mouse button, hitting send is a hard moment. Mm-hmm. I'm um, not quite there yet. And I'm not just saying because <laughs> yeah. it's not ready because it's half written. Yeah. But I mean, that's, that's the moment you're at. I mean, that's mm-hmm. really where you go. Oh my gosh, I could put more effort into this thing. It could be criticized. It could be, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And w- what would happen to me in that moment? And, and I guess what I'm, where I'm trying to land and maybe where I suggest you hopefully land the same place is to say, it could be criticized and that's okay. Right. Cause I believe it's good. I believe somebody out there will get something from this right. that I'm doing. And I'm, I'm putting that as a higher priority than my criticism, you know, that someone the hangups mm-hmm. takes after me. Mm-hmm. So, um, I love so that. anyway, there's uh, hopefully some, I guess, personal stories of how we, um, try to use the stuff that we preach, Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it's hard to do. And I, I tell people a lot of times, a lot of the times these concepts aren't hard. It's just remembering to do them in the moment, mm-hmm. recognizing the That's situation so for what true. it is. Mm-hmm. It's like, yes, if I could go back in real time, I would do that thing. But in the moment, I just didn't see that's what I was doing. I didn't recognize it. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times that's the hardest thing to mm-hmm. say, okay, here's when I apply that thing right now. I finally see it. I finally recognize it. And so, um, it's hard for therapists to do a lot of their own work, I think, because they, I think they're like every other, everybody else. They get wrapped up in the moment. They We all have amygdalas. It. it doesn't get removed <laughs> from our brain that we will receive feedback and also have to react or respond or mm-hmm. have an, our own natural fight or flight. Yeah. Yeah. And so I guess my, my strategy or, or why this segment or to get people to see it's not about perfection in life. It's more about, hey, we all have our own weaknesses, like you just said. And, and it's important to say, how do I address that? How do I take that on? Because mm-hmm. um, I expect clients to do it. I should be able to. I should be able to do to it. Step up to the plate. <laughs> so anyway, that's the, the idea that. of this segment. Anything you'd like to add to that? Honestly, no. <laughs> okay, I've inspired to. I I'm inspired like Liza to write a couple of uh, 
you know, best-selling novels. Ooh. You'll be seeing her on the uh, New York Times Yikes. bestseller list in the next uh, five Let's years. Let's start with articles. <laughs> you heard it here first. Uh, okay. Well, this show we, we've addressed, I guess, family issues. Talked about that, and the the, the message there is. Uh, please come in. Don't let the idea of being criticized, I guess, or will stop you from a, what could be a potentially a very life-changing experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we've talked about that, uh, trauma, yes, that can be hard, certainly, but it's not our job to make that a new trauma experience. So uh, we, we would we would work with you on that to work through uh, traumatic memories and and. Uh, and that's 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 what we do. We're not going to overwhelm you with that. Mm-hmm. And we've and we've I guess hit numerous examples of perfectionism and how it gets in the way um, in our own lives and in the lives of clients. So hope you uh, can take some good information that. And we'll see you next time on Counselors Can Help. Folks, entertainment is a major part of this show. With that in mind, we leave you with some outtakes that we hope you'll enjoy. <clears throat> and so some kind of a, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Uh, um, what is that? Okay, editor's note. How many times do I say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, yeah. And that's, yeah. 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 And so, yeah. And so, uh, I don't know. Our mission is to spread the word that counselors can help. We want to teach you how to get started and get the most out of therapy. We encourage you to reach out to a professional in your area to help yourself through a loved one. Thank you to Kelsey Fink, our production assistant and chief of technology and social media. Thanks to Aspire Counseling at AspireUT.com for their support. If you want to know more about how counselors can help, go to counselorscanhelp.com. We have lots of resources, information, and we update it all the time. Views expressed on the show are those of myself, my guests, for the benefit of mental health discussion and are not the views of any outside organization. We'll see you next time on Counselors Can Help, a production of Merge Publishing.